It's Friday. You know what that means. Off the rails. On the real Kipper and Bourne show. Nick Kiprios. Sporting his 1980 salesman shirt. <laughs> Justin Bourne. And what about me? Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick. All with you for the next two hours. We'll start off with the Leaf edition, of course, into our show. And then we'll move it towards Doug McLean, oh who's got the Friday reputation all to himself to completely drive us into a ditch. Yeah. It's really good to start the show by setting the bar low and seeing if Doug can get under it. Okay. And speaking of low, and I didn't describe your look today as a 1980s no. salesman. Would you you like, did. Would you like to join my bowling team? <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight. I, I, yeah. I personally love it. I think I, you look, I I look, I you look honky, like I think. I think you look good. You wake up yeah. and you had a couple of choices, and that's the one you went with. <laughs> well, you, this guy was taking cuts day in the two sim things, for two sure. Things. Yeah. So I did. I, I went to the, the sim today. You got to wear a collar. Uh, I swung the golf clubs yeah. a little bit. No yeah. need to further explain. Okay. okay let's if there's just leave a it golf there. simulator yeah. involved, then we Can welcome I, in your I, shirt. I, I was in Hawaii in my mind, hitting it off the volcanic volcanic uh, lava today. Kapalua. Uh one that sounds like that, but isn't that Hanalai? Oh, okay. Lai, Lai, uh, Lai, Lai, Lai. Yeah. Well, wherever you're watching and listening, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360. Sportsnet Plus, uh, we're glad you are with us for the next two hours. It'll be fun, and as always, we welcome in your texts, especially on a Friday oh, yeah. when we really start running out of gas in the last <laughs> least, 15 or 20 minutes. Please send in your texts. Sammy will be more than happy to yeah. read them. And uh, in about 30 minutes, we'll also... Uh, Tee up the Colorado Avalanche, who are in play uh, this weekend for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, uh, Arif Dean will join us. Arif Dean will join us from uh, Mile High Sports. He also hosts a podcast, Hockey uh, Mountain High Avalanche Podcast. We'll get an update on how good this Avs team is. Landis Cog is skating a little bit. We need an update there for a, for a really good team. For a really good team, there's a lot of like kind of drama things with that team. It's kind of exciting. Like you think about what yeah. happened with, uh, yeah, with Rantanen and uh, Lekkinen earlier in the year. Yep. Taves calling out the whole team. Landeskog maybe back. You know, Gorgiev leads the league in starts this series, thirty-four starts and wins. And the weirdest yeah. thing, because like they seem to be scuffling, not doing great. And then you check the standings; they're twenty-seven and twelve. Yeah, they're right. There. Eight one and one in their last yeah. ten. Three, Pretty- bo- three points back of the Winnipeg Jets, who have won eight games in a row. Yeah, so they're right there. Okay. Leafs blow a two-goal lead. Yes. Leafs can't close out in regulation. Kind of seen this movie before. Yeah, you know, they they obviously had some failings last night in special teams or something I know we're going to get to at some point. But I do think they played a pretty good hockey game last night. I thought it was a good hockey game, period. But, you know, by, you know, sort of the fancy metrics in my own eye test, I thought the Leafs had a, you know, brought a pretty good effort. They outchanced the Islanders. And, yeah, disappointing to see them not get two points last night because I thought they played well enough to get them both. Um, yeah, I thought – I think that Keith mentioned yesterday that coming off the Sharks games, it might be a bit of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. It felt like it for the first bit of the first period, maybe the first 15 minutes of the first period, where they're like, oh, the other team gets to have the puck now too. Yeah. And we have to adjust to that fact because 
They played, what was it, Ducks, Sharks, Sharks, three in a row, yeah. where they had the puck the entire game for three straight games, so they had to kind of adjust. But, yeah, I agree. I thought they, they played pretty well, and, you know, Matthew's brilliance, and there, away we go. But, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Yeah. And nice to see their fourth line becoming relevant. You know, that McMahon group, I know Holmberg's kind of been playing third line at times, but, you know, McMahon ripping one in, getting harder for Ryan Reeves to get back in that lineup, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh... – with the way certain players have kind of stepped up a little bit, uh, it's going to be real tough. But here we are barely halfway through the season, and it's pretty incredible how much time we've spent so far on overtime conversations when you consider that three-on-three hockey is nowhere to be seen in the playoffs. And yet I would imagine through... Leaf Nation on social media or even your post-game show, mm. how much time was spent on that overtime and McCabe starting and why the Leafs blew a chance for an extra point, a, a very important extra point and how it went down. And I, I think we should start there uh, because yeah. a lot of question marks on – on Jake McCabe, sorry, if, did I say Brian? Really? I don't know. I think you said Jake. Okay, I don't. I don't. I, I, it didn't, I didn't hear Brian. So, <laughs> so a lot of people. First question: Where's Morgan Riley to start? Watching last night, I can't recall in all my days of watching three on three anybody have maybe a worse three on three shift in overtime than Jake McCabe had last night it was a disaster it was not pretty not pretty no no a disaster (laughs) oh i'm gonna save him i'm gonna save him on one one aspect of this i know ugly going back in the puck and makes a bad pass right no with the first uh matthews bumped it back and i Mm. think it went through his legs it went through the middle of his that's yeah that's buckner for the (laughs) Red Sox stuff. A little lower stakes, I'd say. but <laughs> Lower stakes, <laughs> but a, a, a little comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Comparable to the fact it went through his legs, sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. In that one aspect. Yeah. Okay, go. Is, yeah, so he goes back, bad pass. The face-off play, I, I've never watched a guy who's on the ice to be the defensively responsible guy line up in a situation where it's, he's mine, he's yours, he's yours, and then get beat off the wall for a goal, but... I watched that play back, and it looks like the Islanders win the puck back to, is it Dobson who makes the play or whatever? Matthews wins that off McCabe's skate. He he shoots it so hard to the wall that the it kid bounced hit, off. Yeah, it hits him. So McCabe's yeah. like, oh, is it in my feet? Ugh. And that gave him the time. But, but like, it's not it's, like. It's not a clean win, though. It's not a, uh, it's not a huge win. It was a, it went to the side almost as a 50 50 sure. puck. For sure. And it hit McCabe. But my point is that McCabe, it, if it were a clean loss, McCabe would just back up and take Barzal. He he actually thought he was going to make a play on the pocket. By the time he looked down, Barzal's yeah, behind. I, I don't know. The... He he did he did delay. Yeah. And was it because he lost sight of the puck for a split second? I think it was just like, oh, it's here. Oh, it's gone. Oh, I'm in trouble. You know, it all kind of happened. Bang bang. And, so. and how about the bounce off his skate, landing like a pillow on Dobson's stick? Yeah, like right in the sweet spot to put it on Barzell to end up in the net. And Barzell makes kind of a sweeping backhand. He makes a really yeah. nice play to finish it. Still. Yeah. The, the Leafs have now been in overtime 16 yeah. times this season yeah. with four forwards who make a bajillion dollars and a great defenseman, and they've won four of 16 yeah. games. 
four. They won an additional four in the shootout. So eight Jeva, goals, four so, of sixteen in the actual. So yeah, that's, we can chalk up to maybe McCabe with the unlucky bounce off of the face yeah, off. It's still not great, I know. But. but he will never quarterback in the NFL when you're throwing balloons like that uh, for the icing. Yeah. That one was really, really bad. And, you know, Sammy, when I get, got in today, was doing the griping about overthinking it and just well, that, put Morgan I mean, out there. That's the thing, that when you play so many of these games, you, like, remember when he talked about it early in the year, they, they didn't even practice it? Yeah. It was like, oh, we barely even practice it. And then it's like, oh, they started playing more and more, and they started practicing more and more. The more you practice something and the more you do something, the more likely you are to overthink it. It's like the review process where they're like, we're going to watch it a hundred times. Yeah. We're going to watch this thing a hundred times. We'll spend 15 minutes like Connor said, and we're going to change our minds on something. He's had all these different opportunities. And it's like, let's try camp out there. Let's try Lilligren. How about you just put Morgan Riley, who's maybe their best or second best three on three player. He's so good. Three on three, him and Willie are probably their two best. Why is he not starting? It's an insane, like, and it's one point, it's in the regular season. But it's really bad coaching decision. It just is. I think he has, so go ahead, Kim. No, you go ahead. I think he has such little face, faith in the defensive interest of his forwards. He does not trust that Matthews, Marner, Nealander, Tavares will be thinking defense, that he thinks he needs someone on the ice who will. It's three on three. Yes. There's no one, nobody thinks defense. Well, no, I, I I'm with JB a little bit on this. If there's any explanation that I could think of on why McCabe was with Marner and Matthews, it's because I think he might have wanted Riley with Tavares and Nylander next, who had, in my opinion, terrible, oh, terrible game. Yeah, terrible. They weren't they weren't solid at all. Tavares got caught, I think, after the second period on a almost two-minute shift. And they were just, they weren't in it. And Tavares had some, his skates were heavy last night. Can I just, a quick aside? I would have really liked Willie's, like, nah, first kind of coasty game to not come. Immediately after the contract. Two days after the contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying that's who he is, but like I wouldn't have minded it so if it wasn't more like, good one. So was, was Sheldon thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'll have Morgan, my best guy, out with them just to cover their off night? Well, and it could also be, if you look at the Islanders offensively, if you can get past you know, uh, Horvat and Barzal, it's pretty thin after that. So maybe it's like Matthews and Marner can handle the big dogs. And then, yeah, Riley's our best D. We put him out with a couple of guys who can score. Maybe we get him in the second wave. So we've seen the pattern of two forwards and a D, right? Yeah. So if, if we were to go down the depth chart of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I got Morgan, my first guy. Yeah. I got I got Lilligren ahead of McCabe. Lilligren would be, I totally agree. It's not a physical battle type of game. He can move the puck. But, He's mo- at mobile. That's a great point. Yeah, why, why isn't Lily out there? Why is, yeah. I don't think he's Lily. I don't know. So uh, where does McCabe, he lands third? Uh, I'm pro McCabe, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I have him over Brody. Brody, to me, is, guys, Playing with a broomstick. Not, 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 not there. I mean, he's just, he's struggling. Where are we on the legitimately worried about this guy scale? Because he's going to have yeah. to play 22 a night. Okay, I, I don't want to keep beating up McCabe here, uh, but I do want to just talk a little bit about 
the icing and just forcing something. So he throws a pass, a 150-foot pass, into Matthews, who's got double coverage. And there was a ice-level view yes. <laughs> of Mitch Marner at the blue line giving it the beaver tap. Yeah, that's why you <laughs> okay? pass to the other guy. Let me just tell Don't you something about the beaver tap, okay? <laughs> no place for it in the National Hockey League. I'm what? sorry. Thank you. No place. You can't do it. It's no good. Minor no good. league You've got to trust stuff. these NHL players. It's see the not two options and, and pick the better I, In one. this he situation. The record. Go ahead. He didn't pick the right option. And this isn't a slight against Mitch Marner. This is a slight against... Mitch Marner not having the faith in McCabe to make the obvious play. That's why he's beaver tapping because he doesn't. Yeah. He it's like I'm lost at words. This is what I have to resort to for you to make the pass that you're supposed to make. Hey, meathead, I'm open. Hey, <laughs> that's what over it is. Here. That's exactly what it is. And I don't know, guys. And I get. Matthews is on fire, okay? It is, and it, to me, that's just McCabe feeling, I don't know if it's the pressure to get it into the hands of Matthews or what, but there's a sense right now that everybody feels like, hey, he's hot, get get him the puck. Just mm-hmm. get him the puck. He'll go win the game somehow, some way, and it's like, no, that's not the way the game of hockey works still, even if you are on a historic pace for 70 or 80 goals. It just, it don't, is everybody now just, hey, give it to Matthews. He'll, he'll fix everything. I don't know. I, Marner's, was Marner stopped at that point? I didn't see the angle you're talking about, no, Sam, yeah. did as well. Was it Marner just, stopped? He had him this right up the yeah. wide open. Two guys, on, like, it's an easy pass to make. You have an easy zone entry with your best passer. Anyways. Into the zone. Yeah. Is, or, or was he feeling the pressure of, of giving it to Matthews? I think he just made a bad pass. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. I, don't I, think he's, I think he's out there and he's just like, I don't know. I'm going to try to make a the sick pass. The best thing you can do to get Austin Matthews a goal is to give Mitch Marner the puck. Yeah, so, I know. agree. But, okay. By the way, Matthews last night, those two goals are to come the game after he shot one through the back of the net against San yeah. Jose to then demonstrate those soft hands. Those are pretty slick finishes. The, the play... How high can he get? The, the play that impressed me the most on that goal wasn't the soft hands. It was the play along the boards. I, I think number, who's three? Pellick? Yeah. Pellick? Yeah, yeah. He ate him up. He did. He absolutely ate him up with the body first. Yeah. And then he absolutely owned him in front of the net. To me, that is. That's what you want to see. That's, that's the Matthews I want to see. Yeah. And right to the blue paint after. I mean, not great D by the Islanders. Yeah, there, I, I thought it was fantastic in terms of. <laughs> then you must have loved. That's the playoff. Pontus turning the puck over on the second one. Hey. Yeah, we'll get it's into Pontus. Uh, Bit of a soft play by. We'll, we'll get into Dobson that. Who had the puck? He robbed him with one hand, like stopped basically. Yeah. It's kind of a. But I, what do you think about Matthews when he scores the nice goal? It was a nice patience. 
blowing the celebration makes the goal not as nice for me. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, like he's, he's down so to the little crouch and he falls forward into the boards. <laughs> like, they, they, like when they show that one on the highlight reel, it's like, ah, oh, crap, that looks like, oh, stupid. They'll one, cut man. it before no, that. Because it was right as he did the little crouch that he does. He, he hit falls. a little rut. Yeah. What do you even care about that? Because it just looked funny. It's like he makes him look human. You're like, this guy's a godlike hockey player. All he does is score and he... Goes down to do a little celebration. He stumbles. I just thought it was funny. Anyways. Okay, let's get uh, Sheldon Keefe's overall views. You clearly got ours in the first 15 minutes. Let's hear what Sheldon Keefe has to say with the first Kipper's Clipper. I thought, I thought it took us a little bit. Uh, but by the back half of the first period, I thought we were we were pretty good there. I thought 5-1-5 were, were pretty good in the game. Not perfect, but pretty good and have a pretty significant advantage in, in the scoring chances at 5-on-5, five five, but special teams are rotten tonight. That uh, Power play, penalty kill, overtime. Does that cost you games? Rotten. Can you know what everything, all of that has to do with, too? Hmm. Just winning draws. Yeah. I, I, Matthews lost a lot, I saw last night. And Kemp lost a lot of draws. Like, overtime. Yeah. Win a draw. Uncommon, right? Like, the Leafs are sixth in the NHL in face-off percentage. But it just seems like... Yeah. And even the power play, it looks good overall. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like the timing is never right on those goals. Yeah. I mean, last night, really not good. They're, you know, in terms of things looking good, their special teams... Aren't great. Like, their power play, you're right, is overall pretty good. I think they're also six, yeah. but they're 24th in penalty killing now, which, and dropping, you know. And that's that's problematic getting the playoffs against watching Tampa zip it around yeah. or the cats. Uh, meow. I, I think, <laughs> and this is where Kemp has been a lot less consistent than he was last year. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Kemp's struggles at times have really led to the penalty kill because he's been such a important guy for sure yeah he's not quite been as good as he was the season before i thought that line's been better though i thought they were good last night they got a goal mcmahon scored one i thought they looked a lot better and we have a clip about this but you know he's got asked about how he's starting to trust his bottom six more the ice time last night i don't know if you noticed kipper but in a tie game that goes to overtime and including overtime it's a quick overtime so this that helps All four of the core four were under 20 minutes, right? Yeah. So it's like the, guy, the, played the, most, actually. the bottom six guys are starting to come up a little bit. So that's good. Anyways, do you want to, do you want to hear that clip? Bottom yeah, let's go up. clip three on yeah. uh, on the trust. Camp line again tonight like, uh, was really good. And, and it's a tough night for, for that group because the for them and Domi, the matchups are going to be tough. They matched their fourth line against Matthews the entire night. So um, that's going to create some some tough matchups for the rest of our lineup, you know, when their best people are, are going to be going against uh, our other lines. But I, I really trusted those guys today, gave them the opportunity to meet the challenge. Like I said, the camp line was, was really good. I also thought the Domi line gave us good minutes as well. Yeah, I, and I really do think that Past versions of the Toronto Maple Leafs fourth line have looked like guys who don't necessarily want to be fourth liners. We've discussed this. Yep. It's Joe Thornton, it's Jason Spezza. Um, you know, even Wayne Simmons is a guy who was an up-the-lineup guy at di- different points in his career. You look at the fourth line of teams that have won cups recently. It's Keegan Colazar and William Carrier, you know, those type of guys. And, you know, it, to me, the Leafs are finding a bit of this with McMahon, with 
with Holmberg. Camp is a bit of a luxury fourth line item, but they're getting closer to a fourth line that looks like a, a good one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're like, no, no. I'm with you with the progress that individuals have made. Yeah. But once you get past Matthews and Tavares, mm-hmm. then I'm not sure you could definitively look and say, okay, these guys are the third line and this is the fourth line. There are times right. when you can you can switch them, you can move you guys up and down. I don't know. Like who like when you talk about teams over the past that have identified them their their the, the pecking order of their their depth and it's like well, I'll tell you who the, was on the fourth line there. Yeah. I, I can't say that about the Leafs. I, no, you're right, because Camp will end up playing 15 minutes who, on the fourth line while the other guy, the wingers, will play 12 you, or you'd 10. Be, you'd be scared to death right now to start the playoffs with the Toronto Maple Leaf forwards as is. Max Domi's not going to be a third-line center So you got you. Max on the fourth line. Well, and no. then you have Camp no, on the third line. I have Domi on the third line to preserve a fourth line that you can use differently. Uh, okay, so yeah. what you're telling me is we just... We're not there yet. They have not. Sure. So that to me is an issue right now because you're going in the back half of the season and you've got two th- third lines or you sure. got two fourth lines but or you got like who is going to be your all important checking line? Who's so, being groomed yes. for that? So going, you're right. It's still work in progress. Going into the second half, you're talking about we're looking for this fourth line center, this one, this person or whatever. Going into the first half of the season, you didn't have Holmberg or McMahon. You had them on the Marlies. They were gone and out of the picture. And now, whose fault is that? I mean, if you ask the team, they'll tell you it's the players. They'll tell you that and Holmberg I'll, had I'm a bad I'm going to tell camp. you right now, like, it's the team's fault. Yeah. I told you guys, and I got laughed at because I told you Pontus Holmberg. Listen, we were I would, with you. Holmberg I, I, was I a still, great I still run. think there's there's teams that just missed the boat on this guy, on yeah. how how good this guy or the potential to be good for this guy is. I got laughed out of it. Oh, offer sheet. <laughs> He's in the minors. Listen, his progress by putting him in the minors, he's, you've actually delayed the work that you've put into him already. Mm. He should be ahead of where he is now in his progress. To me, this guy has shown in the last little while just snippets of, of how good good he can be now i don't know what that means moving forward 24 but we've got a we got a a clip a kipper's clip from austin matthews regarded as one of the best players in the world listen to the scouting report from austin matthews on holmberg yeah i mean we've gotten pretty familiar with him since he's uh you know, kind of made the jump up uh, and been called up a few times, like last year and stuff like that. But I mean, he's an incredible, incredible player. Like his skill levels, uh, you know, it's up there with uh, some of the best guys I've I've seen, honestly. So, um, you know, he's got a great stick and really good anticipation. He made a nice play to knock the puck away, and I just happen to be in a good spot to get it and just go in one on one with the goalie. Can he also scout for the Leafs? Because I think he's got a pretty sharp eye. <laughs> well, so did, well, Marner said he's his favorite player in the league. Yeah, last the day before. I, they see this guy in pra- practice. He's got some skill. He's a stocky frame. He's a you know incredible skill. Uh, an inc- a guy that has incredible skill is calling somebody else out as incredible skill. One of the best guys I've seen. Okay. Really, <laughs> yeah, it is strange how like much that, they like, like him. I, can you comprehend? No, on how high of a compliment that is 
from a guy who's doing what he's doing right now in but the like, game of hockey? I guess what I guess he would just be like if he didn't feel that way. What would he say? Like is he is he just trying to be nice to him? I don't that's think what so. That's what I'm asking. No, no? no, the answer is no. No, you don't put your balls on the line with comments like that because he's a buddy I mean, of yours because you hang out a on. A, it is it's a different a, level. It's of huge. And also Marner saying that he's his favorite player in the league yesterday or the, the day before. You know. Unless it's outright sarcastic and you think the guy sucks, you probably think, you know, you probably like the guy legitimately a little bit. So they, they think the guy can play. So, okay, I don't know where these guys are going to be in the lineup come April yeah. 17th. I don't know if they'll be in, Holmberg or McMahon, but it sure feels like you have options now. I've always had this thing with the fourth line where I want guys that are prime-aged who are like kind of 25, 6, 7, 8, somewhere in that window – Fringe guys who are happy to be on the fourth line, happy to be in the league, forecheck, big, all those things, make league minimum. Just be your worker bees and be content being there. Those guys fit that mold to me. Yeah. They're not trying to play them their way yeah. to some other But they got some decisions spot. eventually they're going to have to get to. Do you have to wait to March uh, after the trade deadline, before that? But you got to start grooming these kids to know their their role, their job, you don't think outside of it. This is what we need you to do. That's with McMahon. You're not a scorer anymore. I don't, right? I don't when you like, can shoot Mc, it in. We love it. But. Does McMahon know exactly now? I think he's starting to understand it. I see him get his nose a little dirtier a lately. Uh, he's shooting the puck in the net. Nice pass by running, last night. Running, really like, nice. our, the biggest problem, I think, the last little while in the game is the fact that third and fourth liners think that they're first and second liners in waiting. Yes. Totally agree, and that's the the point I'm trying to make, too. This is just do the thing you're here to yeah. do, and we will keep you. William Carrier has been, I don't even know if it's a Carrier, is he a French guy? Thanks, Carrier. Carrier, Carrier, Carrier has been with Vegas for like six years. He just, just plays in their fourth and, line. And, and beast mode. Does his role. They yeah, Stay in the NHL. Keep cashing those checks. Living in Vegas. Sounds okay. Win a cup. Okay, um, I know we, we got a few minutes before we go to break. We, we got to just have a, a goaltending conversation here, guys, uh, because, uh, like, Martin Jones was okay, but probably ah, a night. little bit more of the Martin Jones that 30... Uh, not to be Mr. Goalie yeah. guy here, but, I mean, the first one's bad, but what other ones do you want him to have? The Romanov one. Oh, he shoots it Listen, under the bar from the hash this. marks. He's outside the dots. Can, can I just say something? The, the hash marks. On the left side. This is this is a team. Yeah. <laughs> this is a team when, when you, you let a bad goal in, they lose. Okay? They can't afford bad goals. Yeah, but it's Martin Jones. Like I just You're right. You know, and no one is saying like good goalies don't let in bad goals or this is enough to whatever. It's just like he wasn't good last night. The least might be a, yeah, sure. Like, okay. Two bad ones. Yeah. Two bad ones. You or can have like, tip, not his fault. Bing bar down the other ones. Fault. Huge test for everybody Saturday night for, for Martin Jones against Colorado, going against some pretty talented people and Good McKinnon shooters. and, and Macari. It'll go a long way to suggest that he can still hold the fort for a little while. But we know he's not starting against Detroit. It would be crazy Someone else coming off the Islanders it. and Colorado to go to him. I love it. You, you and I are on that game, and we're getting someone new in. So... Oh my God! This For is, your sake, was it the last is where game had Samsonov this against is, Columbus? This is where it gets really uh, tricky for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. 
what is going to change in their mindset from today to after Saturday night where you have to decide, is it going to be Samsonov or is it going to be Hildeby? Does it matter to you if Hildeby gives up zero or seven goals tonight because he's playing in the American League? Uh, maybe that's a factor, but at the end of the day, it won't change that if you go for you go to Samsonov, this is going to be this would be if Samsonov starts Sunday, yeah. it will be like it will be a break point. I don't know if it'll be a make point more so than uh, a delay to the next start for Samsonov. But if you go Samsonov and he gets shelled again, he may not play again the rest of the year for the Leafs. I, I think if he gets shelled no or doubt. does not look good There's on no Sunday, then then. But more importantly, then I think it sets up to really have questioned his last week, ten days. How so? I mean, well, it, hasn't played a game. Oh, you're saying yeah, but he stunk before that too. So how can you say that the ten days? I'm saying did that something? Uh, I I would have liked him to actually play tonight for the Marlies, get oh. one game in. Yeah, like if so, between what he's gone through, clearing waivers and all that, he has not played a pro game. So I think I you can't play him. You can play him in the Marlies. But you saying. can't you can't play him on Sunday night. Well, yeah, there, there are fi- there are fifty eight qualified goaltenders in the NHL this season. He is fifty seventh in his numbers. Yeah. It's malpractice. You're trying to win hockey games. You can't put him in there. But you, you have to go to then, another option. If they put him in there, it's a decided, mistake. Mistake. No, then you have to have decided that you can't use him and you need to move on from him. Sure. If that's, if that's where it. you're at, it is. And if you're not there, then you have to play him. This is not a. It's one of two things. You're not, either over him. It's not a four-year deal, Borny. It's not a four-year deal. You have him for... It's on a one-year contract. He has been wretched this season. He has cost him multiple hockey hockey. games. Yes. Here's what I... You know why he hasn't played a lot of hockey? Because six go in every night. Here's how I see it. He has two starts to not have a bad game. If he has... If they put him in on Sunday and he's bad, or they put him in the week after he's bad... Oh, no. He doesn't get a week after if he's bad Sunday. No, no. I'm saying... But let's say he's good on Sunday... And then the next night he goes out and stinks. It's still he's got to go. He's got to put together at least two good starts maybe, maybe for them three to give or four. Yeah, like, like he, he, he needs, has to have a run of success, or it's to, to gain any trust at all moving f- towards March or April. He's going to have to string a few games here. One of two things is happening if Samsonov plays on Sunday. He's going to give up three in the first eight minutes, well, or he's going to shut out. And guess Red what? Game. I would rather him give up a crappy goal or three on eight shots in front of 800 people. Yeah, that's another part 17, of this. 17,000 at Scotiabank yeah. Arena waiting for us to do the first intermission. <laughs> and we know now go live to Nick Kiprios. <laughs> Kipper, your thoughts. It's just, Send him do you know what moon. I'm saying? To go in early, you're talking, yes, about a guy, you're talking about a guy with a, we're talking about his mental health and how bad it's been and how horrible of a season he's had offensively, off the ice, everything, to go in, what's that building going to do? 17,000 people raining booze down on this oh. guy. Yeah, it's, You yeah. cannot start this him. Is, this is the ultimate 
rolling the dice. It's oh, yeah. insane. Like, it is a truly horrible move to put him in net on Sunday night. So this is the... Let Hill to be led in six. I don't care. You know, the expression, you know, giving a guy the rope to hang themselves sort of thing. This is the hand him the rope and say, either go be good, you can stay in the NHL, or yeah. make the decision for us. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, trying to, you're, trying so ca- you're trying to catch Florida. You're trying to catch... You're not, you're not in a development you, it, it, season. As, uh, as a management team... You've got a responsibility to at least to attempt to put these guys in a position to succeed. I'm not I'm not sure what starting Samsonov Sunday at home after being off all this time without any game action. Have you considered maybe they think he's a good goal? Do you 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 poll the how many players play for the Leafs? How many guys would say, Hey, who do you want who do you want in net on Sunday? How many are voting Hill to be? <laughs> How many are voting Samson? Like, yeah, it's a. I, I just know you can't start Martin Jones this often and not expect to see more of what you saw against the Islanders. So, I think we're going to see the beast. He'll the beast on Sunday. Uh, every time we say yes, he's, we're wrong. Unleash the beast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm actually saying yes for the first time You're ever. For what the beast? Yes. Yes. I, I, you can't do Samsonov. Yeah. But hold on. I know we have to go, but like, then what do you do with Samsonov if you're starting Hill to be over him? Send Samsonov back down yes. and play no, him in the minors. No, you, just, uh, you just continue the same story. We're working on him, and he's got more time yep. now, and that's all. Yep. You just keep buying time. Keep kicking the can keep down the road. The Does he have compromising pictures of your family? Like, if you, if you don't think he can play, move on. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you got to know what you have. Before you make that decision, you got to know what you have. I know, he's That's where it starts. Game one for the Hildebeest. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Arif Dean covers the avalanche, will join us after the break. Of course, off the rails Friday means Doug McLean at the top of the hour. Plenty of more on Real Kipper and Born. Don't go away. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, the real Kipper and Bourne show. As promised, Arif Dean, who covers the Colorado Avalanche, does a great job at uh, Mile High Sports, also has uh, the podcast Hockey Mountain High. The Avalanche uh, joins us now. Arif, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us, of course. I'm doing well. Thanks a lot, guys. Good. Um, you know, Colorado's been this team, you know, for the last little while, much like the way I th- we thought of San Jose all those years is just automatic, a contender and one that uh, can certainly uh, be there when it's all said and done. The feeling is mutual still uh, going into this season, maybe with a question mark in, in goal. Where do you see Colorado in the mix with, say, the Stanley Cup champion Vegas? So it's a great question to ask coming off a game two nights ago where the Golden Knights were here in Denver. The Avs were able to shut them out 3 nothing. I know Vegas is kind of dealing with some injury issues, but the Avalanche this year are an interesting case because let's compare it to a season ago when you guys had me on. They, they had the top-end talent. They were playing 
you know, well, relying on McKinnon, Rantanen, and McCarr, but the depth just wasn't there. The injuries were kind of hampering the team's depth, the lower in the lineup, even their decor. Manson and Byram played like a combined 60 regular season games last year. Um, coincidentally, both those guys might miss the game tomorrow in Toronto, but uh, this year just seems different. They are, like you said, there is a question mark a little bit in goal what team doesn't have that right now for most of the contenders. Mm. Uh, they still have that Ryan Johansson second line center question mark, but they have the pieces when you compare them to Vegas, when you compare them to other top teams, they're right there in terms of, are they perfect? Like the 2022 avalanche? No, but I don't think any team is. And the reality of what the NHL looks like right now, they don't need to be that team. They are a little bit flawed like other contenders, but they are up there with the top. Give us an assessment of their new additions this season. Jonathan Drouin was a big name, um, you know, added. Obviously, Ryan Johansson that you mentioned, big name. Um, even Colton from Tampa Bay. Give you around. Tell us about the new guys and how they have fared as Avalanche players. So, Ross Colton, I'll start with him. Him and Miles Wood on the third line are giving you pretty much exactly what you wanted from them. You know, somewhere around that 28 to 40 point range. Uh, playing hard-nosed, high-energy hockey with Logan O'Connor, who is always a fun guy to play with. Uh, and then going up the lineup from there, they had Tomas Tatar. That lasted about a month and a half, two months, and then he was off to Seattle. Uh, starting with Jonathan Drouin, he started the season really slow. It kind of felt like it wasn't going to work. The first 10 games, he had one assist, and it was literally the secondary assist on the first goal of the season, <laughs> and then nothing after that. He was healthy, scratched a couple times, but then something clicked. And now Jonathan Drouin, he's playing games where he's playing 23, 24 minutes a night. Incredible. He's back on that. Yeah, he's he's been playing well. It's actually Im- quite impressive. He's on that top line riding shotgun with McKinnon and Rantanen. It's allowing them to play Nachushkin on the second line. He's on that top power play unit. If you guys saw the highlights of the power play that they had against the Vegas Golden Knights, like just like chef's kiss puck movement. And Jonathan Drouin is a part of that. And now he's got 13 points in his last 13 games and he's playing well. He's he's looking like a 40, 50 point guy. Uh, There are people in my mentions asking me when the Avalanche are going to re-sign this guy and give him a long term deal because the fit is there. Uh, So it's been a complete 180 on Jonathan Drouin, I would say since maybe early December until now. Um, Ryan Johansson is the bigger question mark. I know, Kipper, you you questioned uh, yeah. the, the acquisition when, when you guys had me in the summer, and it's it's just not working. And, and I don't think there's anything there about Johansson being a careless player or not necessarily putting in the work. It's just the foot speed that he has compared to how this team plays is just not there. There are games where he's playing 10 or 11 minutes. There are games where he has the fewest ice time heading into the third period of like, you know, all forwards not named Curtis McDermott. Uh, It's just not working despite him having, I think, 11 goals now in less than a half a season. We're talking to Eric Dean, who covers the Colorado Avalanche for Mile High Sports, also has a podcast, Hockey Mountain High covering the same avalanche as they get set to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, a game that you can see on Hockey Night in Canada. So lots of talk, Arif, on Gabe Landis-Cog skating again. And the last I had heard that this wasn't a typical injury that you just know for sure he's going to be coming back. Where is his status as far as you're concerned? And is this... 
is this progressing to the point where people are optimistic he will play again, or is this a still let's wait and see situation? It's it's absolutely still wait and see. It's it's far too early to tell. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the knee cartilage transplant on his right knee. It's the same injury that uh, and surgery and procedure that Lonzo Ball had in the NBA, and Lonzo hasn't played since 2022 as well. So. Where we're basically at with Gabe Landeskog is he literally took the ice yesterday. So the Avalanche took off on their flight today, this morning to Toronto. Uh, Yesterday morning, they had an optional practice, which usually most of media takes the option. I was there and the first person on the ice was Gabe Landeskog. And it was his first time on the ice since May 11th when he had that procedure done of 2023. Basically, the the news we got from Jared Bednar is, you know, it's been kind of leading up to this. He's been telling us in a lot of post games and morning skates that Gabe is getting closer to finally taking the ice. And what he said yesterday was this is the next step in his progress. Has he suffered any setbacks? No. Uh, is he at a point now where you can clearly say when he's going to come back or what the next step is? Also, no, he's he's kind of the 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 progress is going as it should up to this point. The reality is there could be a setback at any point, and I believe it was in the summer Chris McFarland told us, the general manager, that as soon as he suffers a setback, it's back to square one. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of just playing it case by case. I did see um, Chris McFarland did not tell us this, but I did see he he spoke with Frank Saravalli and told him that the initial prognosis that they got for Landeskog coming out of the surgery was 12 to 16 months. So if you're talking 12 months, you're looking at that date I just gave you, May 11th, 2023. So May 11th, 2024. So you're talking second round of the playoffs, maybe game four or five or six of the second round if the Avalanche get there. You get to 13 months, you get to 14 months while well, you're already into July. So the idea of him coming back this year, I would say is kind of, it's more hope than anything, but I don't see it. I think to me, the best case scenario is to have a healthy and ready Gabe Landeskog for the training for training camp in September. Um, but with hockey players, it's never say never with athletes. It's never say never with surgeries that are kind of new and unfamiliar, you know, think back to Jack Eichel last year or two years ago. Um, there's always a groundbreaking person. So could we see Gabe in May? Maybe. But at this point, there's no guarantee he's ready in May. And quite frankly, there's no guarantee his career is is going to be what it was. You know, I think Mark Mathot has spoken publicly. He actually tweeted me and spoke with me a little bit yesterday about how when he came back from the surgery, he did get his opportunity to play a couple games. But then in his recovery, the knee swells up from the same exact procedure by the same exact doctor. And then he's just unable to play for one or two weeks and then, you know, ultimately ended his career. So it's all still just a giant question mark. And it is absolutely heartbreaking for that guy. I'm so glad he got to have that cup in 2022, but you know, he's dying to get back out there. Well, that is a fascinating storyline to watch. Obviously such a big part of the Colorado avalanche. Um, You know, watching the abs from afar this season and having expectations on them to be very good as they have been. Um, it has been unusual to see the odd little bit of drama. We heard uh, Rantanen talk a little bit about Lekkonen's dad at one point. And then we saw Devin Taves talk, talk a bit about guys in this room who think they're playing well. The, they don't have a clue. Um, is there any fire to the smoke that we're hearing out of that locker room? So it seems to be all good and and no bad. And I was actually very fascinated with kind of how that all unraveled, the ranting and thing, and then Devon Taves. It may have been like a week and a half later. It was very quickly after the Lekkonen and ranting and yeah. thing. 
uh, obviously Ismo like and in the father. But uh, ultimately, the the vibe that we get out of the room is this is a locker room that holds itself to a high standard. The leader holds them to a high standard. Everybody knows it's kind of it runs through the the lead by example of Nathan McKinnon in terms of on ice and off ice and how he takes care of his body and himself and how he's there at every optional practice skating regardless. Um, but in the room, it just seems like anything that spills out are things that were already discussed internally where you're not really catching any teammates by surprise. And that was one thing that I specified with with uh, Coach Jared Bednar back uh, after the Devon Taves comments when they came back from that road trip that they were on where he said them. Um, I basically asked him because Devon was very precise. It's It's guys that, you know, we have 20 guys out there, 14 of them, I think he said, that are playing the system and there's a few other guys that are just kind of doing their own thing and you never really know what you're going to get. And the question I had for Bednar was when the other teammates hear this, is there anybody that's hearing it that's kind of questioning, is he talking about me or do the guys know? And he made it pretty clear that the guys that Devon is singling out know. And the way that he did it wasn't in like a very, I don't know, wasn't he wasn't attacking anybody. It was kind of very calm and cool. It was very fascinating. But the way that he did it just kind of made it seem like it wasn't going to cause a stir. The Rantanen and Lekanen thing was the one that just caught us all by surprise. Yeah, strange. Completely out of nowhere. <laughs> it was so out of the blue. Miko, after he spoke, I was talking to, I was in a scrum with media with uh, Nathan McKinnon after Rantanen had spoke. And he had left and then he came back in with the Avalanche's PR and uh, he was kind of asking, where is the reporter that had the camera? Where is the reporter? And then, you know, it was a it was a gentleman that works at DNVR. And he looked at him and said, you recorded when I said what I said about uh, the Finnish father. And he said, yeah. And like the kid was kind of taken aback. It's his first year in, in the in the media room. And he was like, yeah, do you want me to not use it? He goes, no, clip it, post it. I want it everywhere. <laughs> wow. I want it posted everywhere. Yes. And he walked out of the room and we all kind of were walking toward the, the media lounge where Jared Bednar speaks. And we're like, what in the world is going on? And then you show up the next morning and right and ends his same jolly self uh, as if nothing happened. So he wanted that out there. Um, it sounds like it was the kind of drama that like it meant something to him locally in Finland because he, you know, he cares about his reputation there. Yeah. Um, but as in terms of him and Lekkanen, I mean, I see him and Lekkanen walking out of the rink all the time. Arturi hasn't played since those comments were made. He had a neck injury back in November and has been out since. He is getting closer. He is in, in Toronto with the team. He might play on the back end of this of this road trip, so definitely not tomorrow. Um, but I've seen them walking together. I've seen them chatting after games. So I don't think there's anything there between Arturi and Miko other than like a a fun like, hey, tell your dad to calm it down kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was just completely out of the blue. Eric, we only got about 30 seconds to go here. So, Wait. but just real quick here. Okay. Uh, and it, it's with Miko Rantanen, who's one of the best wingers in the game today, who happens to need a new contract. Do you suppose he noticed <laughs> a certain winger here in Toronto yep. who signed for $92 million? Yep. Anybody talking about him out question. there? Yep. I was waiting for that question. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Nylander got 11.5. Miko Rantanen got 12.6. Do the math, calculate it, average it out. Miko Rantanen will be somewhere in the middle. That's going to be the prediction that I have. I don't think he will go above Nathan McKinnon. Kale McCarr is a different scenario because he's a year later. We'll see where Kale McCarr lands. I don't know if Miko Rantanen is going to hit 12.6. I also think he will get more than William Nylander. 
Eric, great go. stuff, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. Thank Thanks so okay. much, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy Thanks, the guys. game Saturday night. Fun team. Eric Dean I, from Mile High Sports. Jonathan Drouin's got to be comeback story of the year. Yes. It's, no one's talking about it. It's kind of jumped out to me with him mentioning that. Guy's got 22 points in 40 games this year. Nine goals, 13 assists. Like, he was written off. Can he I give you done. his TOI by month? In November, 1315. December, 1343. In January, 1736. This month, 2333 through five games. He played 28 minutes the other night. Yeah, he's him, <laughs> and, <laughs> him and McKinnon. From, must be Alan Walsh, right? Walsh. Best agent out there, yes. man. He's promoting well, him. And look, he's playing 24 minutes now. And to be honest, like the connection with McKinnon from Halifax, like they were together. They were on one of the best junior teams of all time. I, probably a guy that can tell him. What to do, right? Anyways, got a quick uh, All-Star game read here for you guys. Uh, from February 1st to the 3rd, All-Stars are back in Toronto for the NHL All-Star Weekend. We'll be giving away tickets to the different events in episodes today until January 26th. Today, we have tickets for the NHL All-Star Thursday, which includes a PWHL 3-on-3 showcase, the NHL All-Star Player Draft, and a tribute to the 1967 Leafs. To enter for a chance to win, text today's code word PWHL to 59590. And we have another code word in Monday's episode. So be sure to tune in. That's PWHL, PWHL for the code word. I'm telling you right now, the hottest ticket is going to be the skills competition. I hear they want all the big boys in it. The Let's most go. talented Connor, players. Austin. Connor, McKinnon. Austin, McKinnon. You keep going. They're, they're chasing a million dollars. Well, I mean, keep listening to our show because we're going to be giving away tickets eventually. And so I keep know they make yeah. a hun- they've made hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's that old theory. If I'm there, I might as well win it. 100%. Can't wait. All right, Arif Dean, thank you very much for your contribution as we get set for the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Colorado Avalanche. They're led by the Nate Dog. The intensity on this guy is off the charts, by the way. Yeah, it's weird. Love him. He's not weird. <laughs> in a He's good nuts. way. Oh, in a yeah. very good way. Yes. So looking forward to that. All right, plenty more still to come on The Real Kipper and Born as we go national, led by Doug McLean. when we come back after the break. Plenty to have some fun with.